know, 2020 in a lot of ways was just an atrocious year for, for a lot of us. I'll just go ahead and start up. Um, and that being said, at the same time, we can't just say it was a total disaster. You know, many of us here, we're doing well. We haven't had the setbacks that they've had in many areas of the country. And so while we may think back on 2020 and think about how bad it was, there were some positive things that came from that year. And as we look forward in 2021, we look at the changes that are coming. We think about the changes that are coming. We see many things that are happening right now, and we're not very happy about those things, and we're just real honest about it. We see things that we don't agree with that are coming to be. We see things that we don't like. And through it all, we're still expected to be the example that God would have us to be, to live the Christian life that he would want us to have. And it's expected of us. When we read in Matthew 5 and 14, it says, You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. You know, we're already on that hill, aren't we? We don't choose whether we want to be on that hill. When we became Christians, we put ourselves on that hill. Christ was always there for us, wasn't he? We made the choice whether or not we wanted to accept him and live a life in servitude to him. And in doing so, we placed ourselves in that situation. You know, I think back, and when we go to these small ski towns, maybe you've been to some of them, you go to these little towns and you drive up and down the roads, and you look in the hills and you see all of these trees, and you think, there's not much up there, is there? But you know, you drive through there at night, and every now and then you'll just see a, a faint light way up in those hills. And you think, well, somebody lives up there. You think somebody lives up there because there's a light up there. And you can see it even though it's far off. And you see that light shining. And it's the same with us. We're on the hill. We don't choose whether or not people see us. And we can choose to give off light or we can choose to give off darkness. In Romans 14 and verse 12 through 13 it says, So then every one of us shall give account to himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather than no man but it put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. He talks about there not putting a stumbling block in front of your brother. You know, we talk a lot about liberties, and we think, well, I've got all of these liberties, and I don't want anybody to tell me I can't do what I want to do. But think about that statement for a minute. I'm so enamored with these liberties that I've got, and I'm going to take full advantage of these liberties, and it doesn't matter what that does to my fellow brother. Now, that's in no way an attitude that we're, we're given an example of from the Scripture. It's no, in no way an attitude that we would hope to treat our fellow man. You know, if you look back, uh, as I did some more research uh, on the Hippocratic Oath, that's the oath that we know physicians to take um, when they become physicians. Now, the research I did kind of said maybe they don't take that oath anymore, but that's okay. Many of us know that oath, and we think about that when we think about a physician and the things that they don't do in their work. The first principle of that oath is, first, do no harm. Think about that for a minute. First, do no harm. 
When we think about putting stumbling blocks in front of our brethren, when we think about our interactions with people that we proclaim to love, do we do no harm? Or when we think about our liberties, are we thinking of doing no harm at, the, at that point? Or is it more important to us to do what we want to do? Do no harm. It's an oath taken by these people. And it's an oath that we could, should put some more thought into it. If we've got these liberties that we think that we've got to exercise. Even if it hurts those around us. In Matthew 7 and 13 it says. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. It says straight is the gate. And narrow is the way. What does that tell you? Does that sound like something that's going to be easy to do? When you think of your walk as a Christian, do you want a wide path or do you want a narrow path? You know, the wide path would be much easier to go down. I see pictures on the internet of people riding uh, bicycles on the very edge of a cliff. And the path's really narrow. That doesn't leave you much margin for error, does it? We would rather have that wide path, but we don't have that. It says it's a straight path, and a, a narrow path, and a straight gate. Which one of those paths are we sending people down? When we think about our interactions and our relationships with those around us, and the example that we set with them, which path are we sending people down? That wide path that leads them in the wrong direction? Or the narrow path that is talked about here. We can help or we can hurt people in our example. What are we doing? Are we there to help others? Or is our example actually hurting them in their Christian walk? There are many people to help them down the wrong path, aren't there? You go out into the world and you see the different things and the examples that are set. And we've said it before, the world has very low expectations for you. They're accepting of anything you want to do. They couldn't care less if you adhere to the principles taught in the Bible. That's the example that we're given in the world. And when we look to the world, that's what we get. A very low expectation of living up to the morals and expectations that God would have of us. But even more difficult, when people look up to to us and set the wrong example or when we look up to others that set the wrong example people that we look up to in Matthew 5 and verse 15 it says neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all that are in the house let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven people watch don't they they watch what we do they watch what we say and why do they do that because we proclaim to follow something bigger than ourselves. And they want to see that. You know, some, there are some that think true followers don't even exist. If you and your family, if you have a family there and you have a wife, and you choose to live your lives towards the principles that God's teaching us, that you choose to teach your kids to look at something bigger than self, there's people in this country that don't even believe you exist. 
Because how could somebody exist like that that would want to live their lives in such a stringent way proclaiming to do it for, some, for someone bigger than them? They don't believe you exist. And when you look at their situation, they're four generations deep on a cycle of take, taking the wrong decisions over and over and over. And they're four generations deep on that. So they look at you and they say, that's not possible. You're proclaiming something that there's no way that you're doing. That's what they think. And they're looking at your example. They're looking to see if your life fits with what you say that you do. Now here's the hard part. <laughs> we fail, don't we? We fail at the different things that we try and strive to do. And thanks be that we have the grace of God to cover those things. Because we are going to fail. And we fail over and over. But they're also looking to see if you pick yourself up from those things. Or if you just turn down a different direction and down a different road in how you're living your life. You know, God doesn't want us to hide, as it says, under a bushel because of those that wish to see us fall. He wants us to be that example. He's chosen for us to be that example and for us to spread that word throughout the, throughout the world. Not just live our life the way we, want, we choose to live it, and hide that under a bushel. In Titus 2 and verse 7. In all things showing thyself a pattern of good works. And doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part. May be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you. Not that we should boast of our example. But that those who are not following the example of Christ. Would see it lived out in our lives. And choose to make a change. Based on the things that they see in us. You know, there's a lot of blessings inherent to following God. There just are. When we avoid certain things in this life, we don't have to worry about the consequences that are associated with those decisions. So there are inherent blessings to following God. Now, when we people look at us and they see us doing those things, they see us making those decisions that God would have us to make, and they look, may look at their own lives and say, you know, I do deal with this. I have these consequences that I have to face because of the decisions I've made. And I look over there and I see these people that profess to follow God and they're not having to deal with those things. You know, people could look at that and they could use that as a reason to say, you know what, maybe there is something to this. Maybe there is something to the teachings that are being taught there. To make good decisions in life and avoid those consequences that come along with the bad decisions. You know, we've heard it prayed, we're the only Bible that some may read. You know, it wouldn't be possible for us to study with every single person we come in contact with, would it? It just wouldn't. Some of them aren't going to choose to do that, even if we did offer. But you know what? Every one of them that we come in contact with, we make an impression on. They see the example that we set. They see the life we choose to live. And that makes a difference. That makes a difference of their opinion. That makes a difference in what they think of when they think of someone who follows Christ. 
in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12, it says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation and charity and spirit in faith in purity. You know, we're representatives of the church. We're supposed to be an example of the believers. You know, I like this verse because it, it gets very specific and it spells it out. An example of what? What are we supposed to be examples in? In the language we use? Words we use or how we treat others? There's an example there to set. The topics of conversation, love or charity we have for others, how we treat those individuals, in spirit or attitude, in our faith, in our purity of heart. It spells those things out for us. So if you're wondering, what, what specific things should I be setting an example of? This is a great place to look in all of these things. You know, if some may say they don't want to be the example of the believer. I don't want to do that. That's too much responsibility. I don't like that idea. Unfortunately, we're just not given a choice, are we? When we choose to follow Christ, we're on that hill. And we've got to do those things. It's inherent of being a part of Christ's body. You know, once I can remember when I was very young, I remember uh, Dad having a conversation with somebody. And I don't even remember who it was. I was too young to even know who they were talking about because it was from a different congregation somewhere far away. But I remember them talking about some individual. And this person was asking Dad, what, do you, you know, what, what should they do? Because this certain individual was bringing reproach on the church. And I don't know why that stands out in my mind, but I remember that conversation. What do we do now? This person's brought reproach on the church, and people in the community are looking at that. And it's given us a bad name. You know, that can end up being one of us. To do things, to make the wrong choices, to not be the right example, to be the wrong example... So that people are looking to us and looking at this congregation as something that it shouldn't be. Let's don't make those decisions. Let's do what's right. Let's be the example that we're supposed to be. You know, we choose Christ and because of that people have certain expectations of us. And when they see us going against that, those principles, they look at that example and it, can, it turns out to be a negative thing in their lives rather than positive. You know, sometimes we see people we look up to and they turn out to be totally different. You hear these stories a lot of time with celebrities. Somebody runs into some celebrity, some athlete, and I think they're totally different than what you might think. You know, I, I look at these celebrities and things like that as just people I recognize, but they're just people. Kind of like the guy I see in Lowe's. Every time I go in there, see the same guy in Lowe's. Man, that guy must be in here all the time. He's probably thinking the same thing about me. I don't know that guy, but I recognize him every time I walk in. Same thing with these celebrities. We don't know who they are. To a certain extent, they're strangers. But for whatever reason, we may look up to them. And, and I know Zane can tell you that. He's met some of his basketball players that he liked, and some of them just turned out to not be what he really hoped they would be. Don't let that happen to us. You know, people may hear of you. You may have some sort of status in the community, or you may be well known, and people hear of you. When they meet you, are they disappointed with what they see? Don't let that be the case. We want to let that light shine. 
and be the example that God would have us to be. In 1 Thessalonians 1 and 6, it says, and, and ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. Some may think that I'm encouraging prideful behavior, and I hope, I hope you're not. When we talk about being that example, part of that is putting our pride aside and let our actions speak for themselves. Not patting ourselves on the back and talking, well, I really showed him how this ought to be. That's not at all what I'm talking about. But letting our actions speak for themselves. You don't even have to speak to some of these individuals and you see their faith. You know, we all know people like that. We all look at them and we look up to them, rightfully so. Because when you look at them, when you talk to them, the things that they describe in their lives and the attitude that they have toward life in general is just very positive. And so people can see that example. And through our attitude toward others, people may have an impression of us and toward life in general. And we need that to be a positive thing as God would have it to be. In Luke 18 and verse 10 it says, And he said unto you, It is given to, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest any should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they heard go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. I'm sorry, I, I didn't think that sounded right. That's supposed to be 18. I've got it written here. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess, and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to the house to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You know, the Pharisee didn't just set the example. He did some really good things. He made sure that everybody knew about it. But he degraded others in that. And what could have been a positive thing actually turned out to be very negative. He did a lot of things right, but his attitude towards his fellow man was absolutely wrong. It just was. And we don't need to be that way. We don't need to look at others and think about the, very, the many different ways that they fail in life. Because we have our own failures, don't we? And they need to understand that we're not here to judge them. We're not here to do those types of things. We're here to help them. We're here to to help them find a life centered around Christ. 
In Luke 18 and verse 9, we see who he was talking about. And he spake this parable unto certain which, were tr which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. That's exactly who he was telling that parable to. That people that practiced that in their lives. They despised others. They just didn't think anybody could be as good as them. That's who he told that parable to. And he said the other was justified. In 1 John 2 and verse 6 it says, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. You know, as believers, we can turn this around and look at him just as others look at us. Why do we turn to Christ in times of need? Why do we do that? Because of the example he set. Because when we look at Christ's life, we saw him do the right things. He made the right decisions. His actions matched what his words were. That's why we have confidence in him. Because he wasn't a fraud. He did the exact things that he said we should do. If we looked at Christ's teachings and saw one thing, then read the accounts in the Gospels and saw something terribly different, what would we feel about that? Would that carry any credibility? It wouldn't, would it? You know, if the apostles' account of his life were totally different than what he said, there's no credibility in that. We have not only the teachings, but also the examples that he's given us. You know, have you ever thought, if Jesus committed just one sin, then he wasn't the perfect sacrifice? He wasn't. If he committed one sin. But we see over and over accounts where in different situations, in difficult situations, he did the same things that he taught. Over and over. You know, Paul used Christ's example in the way he conducted himself as he looked to him and his example. In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 1, it says, Now I, Paul, now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. You know, Paul addressed many issues with the church at Corinth, didn't he? He did. And what he's saying here is, look, I'm not saying I'm any better than the rest of you. I am base among you. Bringing that expectation down to say, I'm, I'm not here beating you guys up. I'm here, and I'm going by the example that Christ set in meekness and in gentleness. And he addressed some very hard things with that church. But he used Christ's example and how he did that. In 1 Peter 3 and verse 17. It says for it is written. If the will of God be so. That you suffer for well doing. Than for evil doing. For Christ also has once suffered for sins. The just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh. But quickened by the spirit. Again the expectation to do the right thing. And Christ given as an example. For that right thing. We see here. Philippians 2 and verse 4. It says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, 
but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Christ's example was not set through pride, was it? You know, we see over and over in the different things that he did, and people say, why are you doing these things? He said, I don't do it by my own will. I do it at the will of my Father. And we see that taught over and over. He didn't take credit for any of it. It wasn't done out of pride. He humbled himself and strove to help others. You know, you want to be somebody in this life, you know, we, we kind of think of people that have done certain things, have certain wealth, maybe they have certain jobs. But these people are somebody in life. You want to be somebody in life? Use the examples given by Christ and follow God. Then you'll be somebody. Then you'll be treasured in the kingdom. Otherwise, we come, become just as this Pharisee, using our example to put down others. And we never want to be in that situation. To look at others and think how far short they fall in life. Because that's not what we're here for. We're here to build individuals up and bring them to Christ. We should be an example to others on how to live their lives. And we should do those things. We should read those things. We should put them into our lives and we should teach those things. And we should be that example. You know, we didn't necessarily choose to be the example, but now we are. We chose to follow Christ and people are looking at us to see how Christ should, would have us to live. And we're all on that hill giving light or giving darkness. We make that choice, but we don't get to choose whether or not we're on that hill. Could people look at our life and see how God intended them to live their lives? That's a pretty painful question. Could people look at our life and learn how to live their lives and be pleasing to God? That one's tough. That one's tough. Because we do make mistakes. And we have to strive to continually get better. We should constantly be looking for those shortfalls in our lives. Those are opportunities for improvement, aren't they? When you look at your life and you see that you're not measuring up to what Christ would have of you, that's an opportunity for improvement. And that's an opportunity for us to take action in those areas. And throughout our lives, we should find those opportunities and act on them. And if we do that daily, in the end, we let God's grace take care of the rest, don't we? Because we can't reach perfection. But we need to strive daily to meet that, to meet his expectation. And we let grace take care of the rest. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.